You're listening to Shared Sagas, an Australian RPG actual play podcast. This podcast features adult language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Greetings and welcome to Shared Sagas. This is going to be session seven of our Star Wars Beyond the Rim Edge of the Empire game. My name is Tom. I will be your friendly game master as per usual. Let us go around and see who's here today. My name is Nadia and I am playing Nissa L. Erdane, going by L. She's a Nordland colonist doctor. Hi, I'm Ben. I am playing Garthen Boone, a human Corellian mechanic pilot. I'm Nick, I'm playing V, a droid Mandalorian bounty hunter. I'm Mark, I'm playing Nanya Krendo, a Keldor scoundrel and everybody's favourite character. Yes. Haha, ah, called it. <laughs> he did too, damn it. <laughs> hey, I'm Sam, I play Nula, a human Jedi mystic. Okay. So, when last we left our little group of explorers you were searching the planet of Cholgana now Cholgana of course is according to the information that you have received from Isotech the resting place or more accurately to say the crash site of the Sa-Nalor a renegade separatist aligned ship that went missing with lots and lots and lots of valuable technology and cargo at the end of the Clone Wars. Cholgana is known for really one thing in particular, which is it is the home of the dreaded Nexu. And I got that wrong last time. It's the Nexus. It's the Nexu. Is what they're called. And tree octopi. And uh, strangely enough. Tree octopodes, sorry. Yes. Arboreal octopus. Mm -hmm. Octopi. Octopodes. Although, Mm. Damn it. (laughs) Although supposedly they exist on other planets, whereas the Nexu are pretty native to Chalgana. So, so tree octopi, octopodes are an invasive species. Yes. They're the oh. cane toads. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, I don't feel bad for running over them with my car gun. Yeah. Yeah. After a detailed search using your scanners and moving out of order orbit because of the fact that the planet itself is in a really, really dense very harmful to ships anyway, nebula. You descended into atmosphere. You landed your ship in one of the few safe places that you could. Near to, from what you could pick up, with some actually some pretty excellent searching from memory, you realize that there's about sort of three or so larger potential, you know, crash sites or, you know, foreign bodies, I guess, or areas where the jungle has been disrupted, say, for example, in a crashed ship. Uh, Considering the size of the ship and how far apart these crash sites are, these could all just be pieces of the the larger ship. So you've chosen one in particular. This is the one that had a nice landing area that was very close to the actual site itself. Uh, so you can make a short walk as it is getting towards mid-afternoon. You've only got a few hours before sunset from what you can calculate. And so, you know, you descended, you landed in a nice open clearing, and then you've been hacking your way through the jungle 
only to be attacked by gigantic, you know, black non-aquatic octopuses, octopi, octopodes. <laughs> and after a successful battle, you continue on uh, hacking through the jungle for another good hour or so, uh, but you've made some pretty good headway. You are surrounded by the sights, the scents, and the sounds of the jungle, which is dense and completely fantasy. Like, if we were filming the Star Wars movie of this, we wouldn't be able to film it in South America or near the real jungle. We'd, mm. we'd have to do a Dagobah slash CG situation and make mm. it just crazy, big fantasy. The, the, the canopy is, you know, close to a kilometre tall. It's yeah. just, you know, all sorts of things. It's not dark and disgusting and swampy like Dagobah is, though. There's lots of really bright, almost sort of tropical colour to a lot of the things, including the, you know, birds and insects and there's even some phosphorescent fungus and things like that that make it quite uh, appealing to the eye. Although there is definitely a sense of foreboding, uh, heightened by the fact, of course, that you have just been attacked by gigantic monsters. And that you know there is a terribly vicious predator that makes this place its home. So, after travelling for another hour or so, you make your way to what you assume to be the crash site of the place that you have marked as your first place that you wanted to investigate and search. So, as you enter what is... We roll our fake die? Yes, so <laughs> we are going to begin our session today uh, as our scene opens with you emerging from the tree line by rolling our force die. Let's, let's get those destiny points happening. How do we heal wounds and strains, BTW? That is a very good question. So, first of all, strain is healed at the end of each encounter scene by a certain amount. Uh, yeah. So to clarify, um, <laughs> at the end of each encounter, okay, each PC can recover strain equal to your present score mm -hmm. or your ranks on the cool skill, mm -hmm. whichever is higher. Ah, there it is. And so that's at the and just remember that's at the end of every encounter. So one encounter was the fight. So do that now. You've now been traveling through the jungle for a little mm -hmm. while, so you can go ahead and do that again. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and, and you know, heal yeah, the stream we have. Now, with wounds, there's a couple of ways that you can do it. There's natural rest. So for each full night rest, you recover one wound. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty slow. Uh, and then, of course, at the end of a week, though, you can make a resilience check and you can heal more than that. But uh, medicinal care. Okay, so once again, once per encounter, a character can attempt a medicinal check to heal themselves or another character. And so the difficulty of this check is based on the current state of health, you know, like whether you're above half health, whether you've got less than half. So um, let's let's actually do this right now, because this is really where L shines. Yeah. Whom, whom is actually wounded or injured at all? Um, well, not me. <laughs> no? I, I am myself, nothing. so I may need to take care of myself Physician first. Physician heal yourself. Um, Yes. Absolutely. Uh, and unless anyone's got wor is worse off than me, I've got 16 of 14 wounds. Sorry, 6 of 14 wounds. Wow. I'm still alive. Do you want to hear yeah. something? I have very little recollection um, of that entire battle. We still need to do force points. Oh yeah, yeah. We still need to do force points. Yeah. So, but but but, but sorry. Yeah. Before we do that, let, let's, let's do the do force the points thing. Oh, sorry. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so, uh, Nadia, what'd you get? Oh, sorry. What force did you get? Your force die. Oh, um, I got a single light side point. Cool. Excellent. A single dark side point. Oh shit. Well, One black. Balance there must be. Sorry, balance. Uh, black. Yes. Cool. There well, is no balance in this table. <laughs> there there is none at all. Well, yes. Single dark side. Okay. And single dark side. Oh my god, we do so badly on this. I know, game. right? Hey, I rolled two light side points last week. No, I know. That's true. Yeah. yeah. 
No, it doesn't make up in the past. It doesn't make up for the last six sessions of rolling dark side <laughs> points, but you know, yeah. but five. Sorry, last week. But hey, you know. Right. Okay, that's interesting. So, interesting is a word for it, Tom. So yeah. a chill, a chill, ominous air goes across, and you feel your hackles rise as something. Something is. Strange. I disabled my hackles, Tom. Oh, good. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anyway, Stimpaks. Stimpaks are a usable resource, so they basically are just like your the equivalent of healing potions, and they heal four wounds each. So, whom would like to now? You or you, L, are going to be doing some medicinal care. Is that correct? Yes, I will. Okay. So let's have a look here. So yep. Stimpaks heal a certain amount of wounds, I believe. But if you're just doing regular regular medicinal care, that's separate, though. So Because you, you may as well just do the medicinal thing Stimpaks first. Stimpaks better for combat, I imagine. Or also... Yeah. But, yeah, and they're a resource if your medicine yeah. check doesn't go very well. So, first of all, how many wounds have you taken? Six. Six, okay. So, let me have a quick... And so, is that less than half of your total wounds? Uh, yes. Okay, so you're over, you're over half your regular thing. Okay, cool. So, let me just quickly have a look at this. Sorry, that's less than... Oh, less than, less okay. Than. So I'm six out of 14. Okay. But you have over half of your wounds remaining. Yes. So you're not bleeding out, I think. Pretty confusing. I wasn't way. sure. Yeah, I know. Freezing there. No, no. I... Great. So it's an easy check then, okay? Mm-hmm. You're going to be making a medicine check. Uh, purple. So basically, it's as simple as this. One purple die. You, gen- you are going to heal a number of wounds equal to the successes that you get. And you get to heal any strain equal to the advantages you get. Oh, that's good. Back to the medicine Now, check. we're too far away from the ship at this point. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Yeah, cool. So I don't get a blue dice there. Um, for being in the med pay- bay, Stimpak doesn't give me any dice to roll, does it? No, it's either you make a medicine check or use a Stimpak, or both, but not. Uh, they don't help each other. Okay, cool. Well, I got uh, two advantages and one triumph. Wow. Okay, so look, I mean, the fact of the matter is that... How does that work with wounds? I'm That's a curious about that one. You're now immortal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the advantage clears out the strain, obviously. The triumph counts as a success plus something else. Mrs. healed up that bung lake that's been plaguing her for a month or two. Because that'll be pretty brutal. I wouldn't be able to fix too many wounds at once, but I'll also, I just want to work out how to use a stim pack again. So, yeah. well, no, you, you just use it. If you if you want to use a stim pack, you just say, I use a stim pack, and you and heal four wounds. Yeah. Four it, wounds. Think of it like a healing potion. It's, okay. it, it's a, it's a, anyone can do it. You don't need to be a trained doctor to use it. You just mm-hmm. you just pop a pop a stim pack, and you're all good to go. It's like an EpiPen. Just jab it in your thigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, honestly, with a triumph, I, I am, I mean, I, I think that the healing rules are a little bit brutal as is. I'm happy just for, if you get a triumph, for you just to be, as a, particularly if you're already above half health, you're just, you're healed of all your wounds, okay? That's that's not a problem at all. <laughs> your eyesight will return in time. <laughs> what? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's a great, wow. that a great I, time. I, I, I saw it. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, that's um because about it's Han Solo. When, when he, he comes, comes out, out of, of the yeah. carbonate. Oh, okay. You know, it's like... Yeah, I was like, what oh, the shit? Is that? How good are these stimpacks? <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Oh, wow. Physical wounds received during the encounter characters must take extra effort or time to fully heal. Applies to both wounds, critical injury. I donh- don't have critical injury. Nope. Blah, blah, blah. One per encounter. Successful. PC, the amount of wounds equal to these success symbols. It's a number of strain equal to the advantage symbols. Player administering magic to appropriate equipment. Base difficulties determined by the target's health. Doesn't it doesn't address Okay, triumph. so what I'll say right. okay. is that because you're over half health, you just you just you, you just heal. You've healed yeah. yourself of all your wounds. Yeah, GM call on that one. Yeah. Alright. Um you should take a look at talent to see if it, you've got something that maybe helps in that regard. 
Did anybody else... Actually, yeah, with, with your doctor talent tree, do you have, do you have any talents that are healing related or no? Yeah, of course I do. Jesus Christ. Just wondering if there's anything there you can spend a triumph on or calls for a triumph to be spent. I went with surgeon. When making a medicine check, help a character heal wounds. The target heals one additional wound per rank of surgeon. There you go. Is it nobody else took any wounds whatsoever? I did. You did. Great. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to get repaired. So same, same deal. Can I just repair myself on the sly? I mean... Make a mechanics check. Everyone knows you're a joy, though. Surely it's not a problem to get... Maybe I don't like admitting injury. Well, okay. That's, of course oh. you can. Go, go <laughs> no. for it. So you, well, we can you... see the sparks, Nick. <laughs> so you... AI has developed to the point where it's... In, oh. Feeling shame. It's, no, it's, it's developed de- toxic masculinity. <laughs> okay, cool. So you sit down and you start to work on yourself. So yeah, make a mechanics check. Yeah. Part of the bad account thing is self-reliance. Unless it says it in the book. That's How many fair. wounds do you have? Two. Okay. You're fine. It's like I get well, caught in the wind, but I don't think you don't forget to add yourself. any, remove any strain. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Advantages. <laughs> well, that 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 just um, and difficulty one, obviously. One, so what does that mean? So one purple die. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have a threat, but I succeed. As you laboriously navigate your way through the deep crevices of the jungle that are severely overgrown, eventually you come to an area where you can see a rusted metal hulk half buried in the dirt. It is relatively large. It's about five meters above the surface of a small sort of brackish pond in the bottom of the crevasse. The object is draped with reddish thorny vines, but you can just make out some faded words. 34 besh. Peeling from the metal to the left of a gaping opening. There are dozens of like, like thumb-sized green-bodied flying insects buzzing around the opening, and you realize that the round hole is actually a wide-open hatch of a tiny ship, or, looking at it with mechanics uh, knowledge being as it is, you realize it is in fact a large escape pod. And you can suddenly notice that the door itself uh, stands kind of half-submerged in the pond. Can I identify the ship or the escape pod that it came from? Definitely, definitely would be an escape pod from Vasana Law, for sure. Yeah. 100%. It's, it's too big to be an escape pod from another... I mean, this, this escape pod could hold about five people. But these are not the pods we are looking for. <sighs> well, yeah. who knows? If, if they're the only survivors, maybe. Mm. You've got no idea. Escape pod from a magnificent class frigate. Yes, that is correct. That's what God's saying in character. Oh, I see. Cool. Well, so there's not going to be any technology on here? Depends what it is that they uh, took with them. Are we expecting anybody to be alive? No. Nine years after the fact on this planet, surrounded by tree octopod and Nexu? It seems unlikely. A droid could survive. Being non-organic, they might not attract the attention. They mm. wouldn't need the supplies. Certainly. So we should be on our guard. Not Indeed. that we weren't already to begin with, with the various yeah. fauna. Plus automated defences. I ready my pistol. <laughs> if a person spends 10 years alone on a planet, we can expect that they'll probably go a little crazy, right? Mm-hmm. A little. Um, but you know what I mean. Like, people go crazy when they're left on their own for a long time. I feel like that's one of the many circumstances that it could happen, yes. Can the same thing happen to droids? Yes. I would think so. The amount of corrosion and humidity that's in the air affecting uh, circuit boards, no easy replacement... No access to a memory wipe. We've seen what happens in that scenario. They could develop sapience, and that sapience could be deranged. Just like any organic being. Okay, so then we go in, you know... Or they may be following orders to the letter, which is to not allow any member of anybody but a member of the crew access the ship. I am going to put forward one thing, though. Mm -hmm. In an escape pod, droids, not usually the first thing you think of. 
Not for anyone that's wanting to get to an escape pod. No offense. But if you knew you were going to crash on a hostile planet, you may bring a defense droid along with important personnel. Or it may come equipped in the pod itself. Indeed. Would I know this, Tom? Would no, what, sorry? If uh, escape pods from a Majestic, from a Majestus class frigate, mm-hmm. uh, do they come with um, like defensive measures, like, say, defensive droids or anti-personnel weapons? No, I mean, they, in the case of an emergency, they might be fitted with, you know, lockdowns or, you know, uh, defences to stop people scrambling for them that aren't authorised. But the actual pod itself is just a pod. It's just designed to get out and leave. I guess what we're saying is, what is it equipped with? What what would they have had with them? We don't know what they have brought with them, Mm. but what does the pod have in it? Um, Any kind of weaponry, food, you know, what kind of... Oh, I see what you mean. We're trying to assess, I think, the likelihood of, like, what they would have had to survive like, on like, this planet. Uh, a jet fighter's escape uh, um, um, ejector seat thing kind of always has, like, a gun in it. Oh, I see what you mean. So, so likely, it would have been equipped... With, I mean, listen, because of the, of the nature of the mm. ship that it came from, it may have had some weaponry, it may have had some supplies. By default... It is only equipped with uh, the ability to do an, a distress transmitter, mm-hmm. and also as an escape pod is also always always equipped with a effectively a signal uh, pod, mm-hmm. so similar to the one that you actually received to get this mission in the first place. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Well, I mean, maybe worst case scenario, we go in there, we get a signal pod. If anyone else shows up, we can mess with them a bit. What are you proposing, um, No? Sorry, Nanya. Uh, I'm proposing uh, someone else with uh, less nice boots uh, go in there, see what's what, scrounge anything we can, and I will keep watch for tree octopodes. Seriously, like, honestly, Elle at this point probably just takes off her shoes and her jacket and goes for a swim. So she can hold her breath underwater for very long periods of time, so is Ooh. not concerned and can probably do quite a good assessment of the situation okay yeah sounds good to me so you dive into the i'll jump in too you dive into the water and approach the pod is that correct okay great so you can see that it's half submerged the hatch had was you wonder how the hatch managed to open largely underwater and when you approach it you can see that it was actually cut it was it has been cut open by a cutting tool internal or external Internally, and you can see, having seen it now yourself in the previous example, that unless you were very much mistaken, you estimate that it was cut open by a lightsaber. Mm, okay. There is no other people, I guess, in the pod, but the interior of the pod looks largely intact in the sense that its systems are there. So a computer person may be able to hack into the, you know, effectively the computer systems of the pod. If there were any transmissions that were recorded to or from the pod, you might be able to hack in and uh, pull up those records. I mean, I can try to do some computers myself to save people the, um, the dive in. Um, do you mind if I just give that a go? And then if I'm crap at that, I'll call in somebody else who's a bit better than me. So would it need slicer gear to do it? You would, uh, but but you can make an, uh, uh, a mechanics check will allow you to remove it and bring it to somebody who can examine it better. Oh. But a computer, if you didn't want to risk that, there's a risk here because if you try to remove it, you could damage it. But if you do a computer's check here, 
then you can just try to have a look at it right now. It's the same for me either way, so I'm just going to do the computer's check because I am um, cautious, obviously, of destroying it. Okay, at the very least, a failure here will not preclude somebody else from giving it a go. Um, And one or two difficulty? Two, average. Uh, So four advantages and two fails. Oh, wow. Okay, then. So you think that you have mastered this particular system's stuff. You think, you think honestly, if you were to successfully retrieve it then and get it to somebody else, then given some time, like a lot of time, you'd be able to give it a go again and you'd be able to hack in this time. Oh, so even with a failure, like I've still learnt... Even with the failures as I have, I've still learnt a bit about it. You know everything about it and why you couldn't hack into it the first time. So trees And do I time. think that someone like Garthen could swim through this? Would he be able to hold his breath for long enough? I have a respirator. Well, you have a respirator. Maybe I'll just, I'll just bring you and help tell you to signal you over kind of thing then. But you know the system now so well that you can give him a boost eye if he tries a computer's check. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, so um, she, she swims back out and just says, um, yeah, I gave it a go, but I'm going to need you here. No problem. All right, take off my long coat. Okay. Um, got the tool belt with essential tools. I can imagine you're the kind of person who just, like, takes off their long coat, shakes it out a bit, oh, yes. folds it really... <laughs> like, you have to wait yeah. for, like, a solid ten minutes as you fold things really neatly. You'll notice that... Is it thing... <laughs> Nola's, like, non-fussed about this because this is something she's had to deal with on previous missions that we've gone on together. I look after my stuff. There's a lot of patchwork um, that's gone into this coat, but it is still serviceable as the day I found it. And now, my question to you, Al, uh, since you're calling for Garth anyway, mm-hmm. are you going to be calling out to uh, Nula that there's yeah, a lightsaber? Yeah, I'll, I'll also tell her as well and just say, like, you know, I don't know what we should expect, but somebody with a lightsaber cut through that pod. A lightsaber. That's right. Doesn't necessarily mean that whoever was wielding it was some kind of force user, but certainly doesn't mean that. I just give those out to anyone. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> Did you not get one? Were you not allowed in the club? Shut, shut up. All right. You didn't even know. association. <laughs> ten minutes of, yeah, ten minutes of removing uh, the various tools and equipment and what have you. Okay, good. And then uh, <laughs> attaching the rebreather, getting it, you know, testing and working that it's um, going to be able to go under the water. And then I will kind of carefully make my way in into it. Yes. Uh, while all this is happening, uh, I think uh, Nanya is amusing himself and keeping them both occupied by talking to V and posing hypothetical situations like, okay, so say you're swallowed whole by a gigantic space monster. Obviously, it hasn't crushed you up, so you've survived. How long do you think it would take you to cut your way out? I'll whip out my vibro knife and <laughs> a few sort of mental calculations. <laughs> 37 units. 37 units. Right? So, hmm. And so it's like start altering to be like, that's really interesting. Like, but would you know which way is out, I guess? Any way is out. I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now on to morals. Say you're in a space trolley. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so Garth, you yes. descend into the water to the half-submerged pod that is kind of teetering on the bank of this large, swampy, mm-hmm. you know, body of water. Uh, you make your way in, um, and as you step foot, so to speak, inside the pod to access the computer systems, yes. I am going to flip a dark Damn side it. point Radio. to say that your weight triggers this and it slowly teeters and starts to slide and slide Whoa. very, very slowly, ever so slowly, but it is going to be completely submerged. So not only 
Do you have limited time to do this? Yes. But you're going to get one chance to right. either remove the uh, system yep. or to hack into the system. Your choice. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I'm, I've been I escorted Garthen as well. So I'm just hanging around in the water mm-hmm. outside, ready to kind of like grab him and swim very, very fast. What's the blue that dye? Is something that I could do. Uh, what does the blue dye apply to? Uh, Either? No, unfortunately, it would be simply the computer's check itself. Okay, cool. In that case, that's what we're going with. Uh, ooh, computers versus mechanics. That's a good question. I'd like to point out Tom flipped over the uh, dark side point that Ben rolled. Yeah. <laughs> Um, appropriate. Yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna make a. Ca- I'm gonna make a case for me possibly flipping it back in a moment. That's okay. You can do it. Uh, my computer is a, a yellow and two green. I wouldn't mind flipping it to make it two yellow, given what we're dealing with here. All right. Everyone on board. Yep. Yeah. Everyone okay. Okay. So. All right. And two purple. Did you say? That is correct. Yes. All right. Two purple. A blue, two yellow, and a green. We are looking at one success on the button. Ooh. Jesus yes. H. Christ, good thing you flipped. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is amazing. I am so glad. Okay then. So what you see is just one second, pardon me. Uh, so you can so you hack in, okay? And in the brief minute or so before it is completely submerged, you can see that the last computer transmission yes. from the flight log that this pod sent out or, yeah. or, or actually it received it pardon me so what and the way it manifests is you can see that there's a little holographic display mm-hmm. and you can see that the person in the pod was a female uh, Syrian mm-hmm. and so Syrians for those that don't know that aren't you know largely Star Wars knowledgeable they are the humanoid species that have got the very large conical skulls oh. so the elderly Jedi master oh, who yeah. in episode yeah. one is like your thoughts dwell on your mother Kid yeah. Bundy or yeah. something yeah. Yeah. he's alright yeah. he's legit right so this is, is, is that Kid Fisto no, no Kid Fisto is a normal one that's normal one he's my race to be clear, though, this is this is a uh, sort of more of a middle-aged female uh, Syrian. Uh, so she looks to be in basically what a what looks like a just a regular jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can very very clearly see at her side there is a lightsaber and a blaster pistol as well. And also, what looks to be and she, as she's kind of currently fumbling with it. Uh-huh. You can see that she's hastily packing and double-checking what looks like a survival bag. Mm-hmm. And so you can see her sort of, you know, fussing about and checking her lightsaber, checking her blaster. And by the way that it's shaking, it's clear that this transmission was received as the escape pod was hurtling, you know, through the yeah. atmosphere of the planet. And you can see that she receives a message from a female Arcanian. Okay, now Arcanians, for those that are not aware, mm-hmm. are a, another humanoid species and you know for a fact that the lead researcher of this entire, of the Sarnalur, if you recall, from the information that you retrieved. Yep, so like a crew manifest. There was, so Kratala, okay? So Kratala was basically the leading cybernetics person that was in charge of all cybernetics on the Sarnalur. And basically was more or less second in command to the captain. So she, mm. so there's Captain Rel Harsol, who is the actual, you know, captain of the ship. But then there was Kratala, and she was the actual scientist who was in charge of all the research and all that sort of thing. And to let you know, Arcanians effectively look like slightly, so white-haired, sort of palish, almost slightly golden-skinned uh, humanoids that have got pure white eyes and otherwise a very kind of 
almost sort of, I don't know, beautiful, you know, aesthetically. They're almost a little, a little mm. bit elvy. They don't have pointy ears or anything like that, but they tend to, you know, have that sort of very, almost slightly fey appearance. But mm. so you see her uh, pop up on the communicator. So the transmission comes from her and, and she's rocking about like she's in a Star Trek battle on the bridge, you know, like you know, lurch left, lurch right, yep. sparks flying around. <laughs> and you can see her say uh, to this person, to this uh, in the escape pod, Zawe. What are you doing? What are you doing? And then, presumably, Zawe, who is the, uh, the Serene that's in the escape pod, says, I am taking my chance. I trust you. And I love you. But I do not trust him. I'm sorry. I wish you success. May you be found soon. No, no! And the bit, like, cuts off the, uh, cuts off the transmission. And then, you can see, crash, 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 crash! And, you know, she obviously just sort of sits there and closes her eyes and seems to be kind of bracing herself or meditating. You've got no idea. It crashes and then you can just sort of see in the holographic image, lightsaber ignited. And she definitely, very, very calmly and methodically, like she's really using it like a tool, just opens the, opens the door. And then she extends her right hand and with a, a sizable amount of force, just blows the door open. And you can just sort of see this huge wash of waves, almost like a little, a tiny tsunami that comes from this force push that she does. Mm. And then she just kind of like, you know, just jumps. Like the last thing you see is her basically just, you know, force jump out of the mm. pod. Mm. Do we see the door anywhere? Like yeah, we, we actually, probably don't yeah, recognize what it means. So half the door has been sort of t- torn off and opened. You, you can see that the half that was thrown out is now that you've seen this, you know, you can yeah. kind of visually reconstruct and be like, oh, so it must be trajectory-wise. Yeah, and it's, it's stuck into a tree uh, about maybe 20 metres away. Um, we don't know this yet. Well, I assume that, like, this is all reported back to us. This yeah. is only Garth that sees any of this. Actually. Yes. yes. Uh, actually, no, we'll say Eventually. that L, L can see the holographic imagery. Mm-hmm. So, And this is what you retrieve uh, just before you are submerged. You're not in any danger, so mm-hmm. you're not going to drown or anything, obviously, no. or get crushed. So you just watch in dismay as the water overtakes the computer systems, and then yeah. it just fizzles yeah. out. So then you sort of look to each other and nod, and then you yeah. swim, uh, I, swim back out to shore. I just guide him again through Indeed. the silt. Great. So you emerge up on the bank of the river in this small kind of... Uh, clearing's not the right word. It's more of a, a bank. A bank. A bank, yeah. So, there you are. What do you do? What did you see? Uh, there was a, some sort of uh, last recording. Skatepods generally have them. A female um, Syrian. My guess is that she was like you. She had a lightsaber, and she could move. At any rate, um, she left a message for um, the cybernetics expert, um, Kritala. She was the Arcanian that was in the crew manifest. Okay. Something about that uh, she was taking her chance. There was some sort of relationship between the two of them, but clearly there was a much uh, more hostile relationship between her and somebody else. I assume they mean the captain. Hmm. At any rate, she cut her way free and by the looks of it, escaped. Huh. Do you think that she was the cause of the ship, ship's predicament? Hard to say. I mean, what can you can't really take anything for granted when you've got a Jedi in the mix. Exactly. <laughs> They're capable of so much. Do you think that could, the ship was targeted because they had a Jedi? Possibly. There's a lot of reasons why. There's a lot we don't know yet. If she escaped, she'd still be around here somewhere, or at least her body will be. If anyone could survive on a planet like this, it may well be a Jedi. You could get a laser sword. Yep. 
Don't forget also oh this was <laughs> ten years ago. This yeah. was a separatist ship. Yes. Why a Jedi would be on board a separate oh, this ship? Is a, right. This is the very end of the Clone Wars. The, Someone, Jedi, the Jedi were literally at war with the separatists. Someone with an education probably could chime in on that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> was she a yeah, Jedi she or was she a, a Force user? Yeah, that's mm. right. We don't know if she's a Jedi as such. She she's make a Force user, but also she could have been a prisoner. She could have infiltrated them. We don't know. She could have been like the Inquisitors we encountered earlier. Didn't seem like it in the message. Well, they never do. No. That's what makes them effective stealth operatives. Yeah, I mean, if you're infiltrating someone, you have to lie a bit. All right, out of game, nobody here knows anything about the Force except for maybe that one. No, we're talking about Jedi now. Yeah. 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 I'm just saying there's a difference between the metagame that we have and the character knowledge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Hi. They're all speculating wildly over there. Mm-hmm. We're just like, magic space wizard does what? <laughs> I interject at this point? What do we... Accept? So the Jedi were, you know, a peacekeeping force uh, in the galactic cops. government. Not the way it's been spun lately. Yeah, nine so, years uh, of propaganda. Okay. So, but we know they exist. Yes. yes. Despite what we see in the movies with people saying, oh, the force, that's a joke, despite the fact that you know, what, what is the actual line here? Because it seems inconsistent between the movies and the comics and everything else. What's no, the- okay. So, so bear in mind, this is only nine years after yeah. uh, the actual Clone Wars, right? So, while anybody... In Which I the- haven't seen. No, 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 but, sorry, like, as in the war. The, the event, war, yeah. The so we war, know all right. about Jedi and Force users since they were major players, mm-hmm. generals. Well, you've heard all You've heard all about them. You've heard the rumours, I yeah. think it's probably the more accurate. Space is big, is the other thing. Yeah, 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 you yeah. do know, okay, so even the official Imperial word is that Jedi definitely exist because there's a bounty for anyone. Right, so we know- Anybody can collect. So, yeah. the, so the current, the, the current situation is, anybody, criminal or otherwise, if you come in with a Jedi to claim a bounty, you're allowed to come in and claim the bounty and leave intact. Great. Immunity. Immunity. Yeah. Uh, it, is a, it is the biggest bounty in the galaxy right now. Because we're, we're in a situation at this point where most of them have been hunted down, mm. but there's still enough around that they there's not a not infrequent rumour of one popping up here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. And I'm also, go- I'm also going to bet that uh, the reason that was considered hokey religion and... Um, no, one, no one's going to be billing these guys as, you know, impossible space wizards capable of deflecting blaster balls. That's all going to be rumour and hearsay and probably some sort of misinformation that those wretched Jedi put out themselves. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. Then our next question, what is the connection between that we know between the Jedi and the Force? Oh, that they use the Force. Basically. And what do we know of the Force then, I guess? No. That they are space wizards of some kind. Yeah, well, well I mean... They said they were some, space wizards. They said they were space wizards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the reason I ask is because I don't want to have knowledge I don't have, and generally my character is quite solipsistic. Yeah. However, bounty hunting, literally my business. Yes, quite. And secondly, someone tried to use a Jedi mind trick on me not two weeks ago. Yeah... Would you even recognise that it was though? Well, a she, she 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 identified it as it was. She went, yeah, absolutely. That. And then she said, "You're a droid. My force powers yeah. don't work." And then ran into some people, inquisitors. All right. So your knowledge as a bounty hunter would mean you know what? That they have powers. Yeah, well, I think well, listen. At, at this point, there's enough. There, there, there's yeah. a short enough separation. Although not everyone would have encountered force users, right? Yeah. There's enough solid rumor and data that yeah, you know that the force exists and some people can use it. Whether you yeah. know anything about it is you know, and yeah. people like Mark's character, people like Narnia, could yeah. be so removed from any physical evidence, mm. they might still be very, very skeptical yeah. of what it can do. Yeah, right? I think I'm gonna. 
queen now is that you've got an intellect of one. Perhaps. Yes, which represents my solipsism that I don't really care too much beyond matters of my own mm. interest. Yeah, it's, it's like your character. Your character's like they thought they had powers, yeah, yeah, but yeah. It didn't do shit. Like because mm. I missed the introduction here too, so I'm just That's trying to figure out what is actual knowledge that goes around because the same it seems to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, so, so I do uh, have an intellect of one. Which so far, our expert is Sam. Yeah. Yeah. As far as this yeah. goes. Okay. So Sam. Yes. Uh, now, have you told? Uh, have you told Sam? Have you told Nula the name? Yes, I would have. Okay. Um, I'll put that in my notes. Give me one second. Uh, her name was Zawe. Zawe. So let's let's see if we can do a bit of a knowledge check. Let's yeah. Let us see if this person <laughs> is known to you. Okay. So what would I? Would it be a law or? Yeah. So anything. I mean, I will tell you, Tom, the GM, that yes. she is a very obscure Jedi yes. who, you know, did not necessarily hang out at the council, but was definitely a Jedi master. Mm. So there's a good chance that you might have heard of her as a as an obscure as an obscure reference, like an outer rim dwelling. So law, it'd be law, definite yeah. law then. Yeah. Because right. it literally says something here. Knowledge of legends associated with the exploits of an ancient hero represented by the law skill. Oh, there you go. There Perfect. You go. So I'm going to say this is a little bit difficult. So okay. it's probably actually going to be three purple guy. Oh, crap. <laughs> it's, it's, okay. it's, it's challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No boy. Here we go. But you are. But, but having said that, though. Yes. You are a Jedi Padawan, mm. so and you were exposed to a very knowledgeable and trained by a very knowledgeable master. This so I'm going to give you a purple die for a sure. Blue die? A blue oh, die. Sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So I'm going to give you a blue die. Okay. So all up, I have three purple die, one green, one yellow, one blue. Okay. Let's do it. It's a fair shake. Oof. Okay. No. No. Great! I brought blank on all three purple die. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh. Oh. You should have aimed for the head. <laughs> so that's a success okay. and three advantages. Yes. Okay. You, you know what? We will say. <laughs> you guys had a thing. <laughs> no. We, we will say because of the fact that your master. Mm-hmm. Drago, sorry, Drago Voss yes. spent so much time also pretty isolated in the Outer Rim. Yes. We will say that he was actually a friend of Zalwe. So hey. not, not only do you know her, yeah. you know or know of her, you've met her. You've, I mean, years ago. Yeah. But you've definitely met her at least once. We'll say that they met up to have uh, a meditation because both of them actually are very, very into the Force meditating. Yeah. Yeah. And both of them were very, very keen on the same area of interest, which was to explore ancient you know, archaeological yes. Jedi and Sith sites. Yes. So that actually works out perfectly. Oh, that couldn't yeah. have been a better thing. So not only... So you know her. She's good. She's a Jedi consular. A very, very... Ooh. Yes. A very powerful master who, like like your master, was always asked to come and sort of, you know, sit on the council properly, particularly during the fucking Clone Wars. Uh-huh. But... Uh, she always declined. Yeah. And she, she, you know, don't get me wrong, she protected against the Separatists and the, and the, and the worst things of the war on the Outer Rim. Yeah. But mostly just kind of kept to her own archaeological study. Okay. How... Now, also, because you've got three advantages, I will say that the last rumour that you heard was that she did, however, get into a conflict with in the war at some point and was killed. Ah, yes. So that's... So you, you were expecting her to be dead. So you can like, explain this in character. Would yes. that Would that have happened prior to... This yeah, wreck. supposedly she she was she was oh, killed okay. around about halfway through the war. I know her. Uh, is she a Jedi then? Yes, actually, she used to be good friends with my mentor. But last I heard, she passed away in the middle of the Clone Wars. 
Ah, fake to death. Did, I well. get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, fake your death, everyone thinks you're dead, then you turn up somewhere else doing another thing. You sound like you've done this a lot. <laughs> I Look, I've never faked my death. I have helped people fake their deaths once or twice. Completely different. Huh. Completely different. <laughs> Faked, you say. It's coming from the guy who didn't know what a stun setting was until a couple of days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've done the reverse. People, <laughs> people who fake their death are then killed for real. <laughs> it's a common thing. A lot so, criminals love it. Nola stares out at the escape pod. It's basically just kind of wonders out loud. It's like, but what brought her here? Alive. The escape pod. I, 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 I didn't mean it literally, V, but that's fair enough. <laughs> but like... It seems like they didn't want to come here, right? You knew the Sanna Law was pursued mm. to this planet by but when they got into a fight with the Empire. Mm. And they were severely damaged and they, they, they had to crash land on yeah. Shogana. Mm. So it's not like this planet has like a secret underground base where you can find the weapons ready to overthrow the Empire or something. I wouldn't think so. Um, no. I mean, that's a pity. I've always wanted to be a... What do you call a person who's in charge of a lot of spaceship? Like, who's above a captain in a... Like a, uh, in a admiral. admiral. Admiral? Admiral, yeah. I've always wanted to be an admiral. Hmm. Well, <laughs> aim high. <laughs> All right. And in the meantime, there's nothing else that we're going to get from this pod. Except to say the knowledge that we've come away with, we should probably strike for the next uh, site. Okay. All right. So the next site, then? All right, then. Thanks for listening to Shared Sagas. All music on the show is used under Creative Commons. Check the episode notes for full details.